Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Johnny Quirk back once again here to support your entrepreneurial journey. Okay, cool. So today I'm delighted to say that we have Christina Vol, the founder of Rise Remotely on the line. Christina, great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm delighted to have you here today because you really are living the complete digital nomad remote lifestyle. And that's because when I chatted with you originally, you were in Colombia after you've been in Ecuador for quite a while. You're currently <laughs> sat in Greece today and you will be on your way to Spain hopefully soon. And to be honest, this is all pretty impressive considering we're in the middle of a global pandemic as well. So it seems like the pandemic hasn't slowed you down too much, but obviously we'll (laughs) dig into that. And obviously, you know, like what's going to come out of the pandemic for other keen to be digital nomads in the future. But first off, how we always start on the Go Solo show, please, in your own words, would you describe your business? You know, tell us what it is and what it is that it does. Definitely. So um, I just launched Rise Remotely in January and it's an e-commerce storefront for online education to either help you go remote or work better remotely. So we have a variety of different resources from one-on-one coaching and mentoring to eBooks to live sessions, traditional online courses, hybrid, a variety of different learning materials um, to help you at every hyper-specific stage of the journey to remote work success. So that means whether you want to become a freelancer, a remote worker, um, an online business owner, um, or you just want to maybe change your career and you're not exactly sure where to start out, uh, we help you uh, align your business goals with your passions and we do it all remotely. That sounds amazing. And to be quite honest, I'm keen myself because I think it kind of is the dream to have to travel the world and work at the same time. Um, so obviously you've dug a little bit deeper into the product there and obviously what you offer. Are these, um, you know, one-time only downloads of these digital services? Is it a subscription base? Um, you know, like, do you have, you know, obviously you've only just launched, but, you know, is the plan to have people on like a retainer in terms of they subscribe or are they literally just one-time resources? So, like I said, we have a variety. So a lot of our courses and resources, um, because they are a lot to deal with career changes and kind of leveling up your career, um, a lot of them are either four-week trainings or eight-week trainings, somewhere in between. We also just have one-off uh, downloadable eBooks. You pay, you get the eBook directly. Um, we have one-on-one coaching sessions where it can be a one-off session or a variety of We have five sessions, but we're also working on different packages. So that's kind of where our products lie, but we're also working on um, creating an online community. Uh, We're actually giving the first uh, first spots away for free. Um, So that people will get forever free access and it's still available. So we could drop the link um, in in this podcast. And then, um, yeah, so it's still available for forever free access, but later on that's also gonna be a paid service as well. Um, And that will include a lot of additional resources, live sessions, like training material from the coaches, from the instructors, 
um, and from Rising Willie itself. Wow, that sounds amazing. And do you know what? I mean, I think the community obviously is going to be so strong as well, because I guess, you know, being part of a global community of digital nomads and people who are doing this is going to be so important, I guess, as people travel around the world as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I found that so many people need other people's opinions and experiences, especially with traveling now with COVID. It's, it's super important yeah, to, yeah. to get that one-on-one uh, connection. And I guess it changes all the time as well. You know, I guess everybody wants to know the best way of doing things currently, I guess, whether that's places to live. And we're going to dig a bit deeper into that later on. You know, the best places globally for remote working, um, but also maybe like up to date software or, you know, like ways of doing things, hiring remote staff, you know, whatever that takes. I guess this is a, a multifaceted puzzle as well. And if I was going to take one of your four to eight week courses, you know, Let's say I'd want to do the four-week course. I'm interested in that. What 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 is included in that package? You know, what I mean, like, you know, is it a mixture of digital and the what, coaching? I know, obviously, you said a few things. I'm just interested to know if I was like, I want to go to Mexico City and work now. Like, what would I get in that four-week package? Um. So yeah, we have over 40 courses and resources free and paid so it really varies um i'm not talking about any specific one at the moment but generally um if it's for more than i guess like three or four weeks we generally have um, a hybrid option so a hybrid um course course uh description so it's basically we have uh forms of one-on-one calls with the instructor generally and then in addition to that we have assignments we have accountability check-ins we have really whatever the course instructor has created to make the course really relevant and engaging for the student of course we do have some stuff that is going to take a little bit longer maybe like an eight-week training program that doesn't have those options, but it has is more technical and it will give you a step-by-step. But and then we have more options that are really based on weekly one-on-one calls for eight weeks with the instructor. Yeah. So it really depends on the nature of what the course is and how the instructor uh, created it. And it sounds like you've created all sorts of assets as well. And um, you know, I know obviously you said you've recently launched, but it seems like there's been a lot of preparation that's obviously gone into this launch. Um, a couple of questions, I guess, to follow up on this is the first thing is like, who are your instructors? You know, are they part of the team? Are they freelance in terms of building out the assets? You know, like, uh, where did you start? I think you said you have 40 videos or courses or bundles, you know, where, where did you start with that kind of planning as well? Um, yeah, so the idea sparked sometime in probably in the beginning of 2020 and the end of 2019, somewhere around there. Um, I remember in November of 2019, I bought the domain name and this was coming from six years of freelancing in digital marketing. And I was really feeling that I wanted to create something more impactful than just you know doing marketing strategy after marketing strategy. Even though I love that, um, I also wanted just to expand a little bit more. So, um, so yeah, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to be in the remote workspace because it was yeah. so new and it's something that I never worked in a nine to five. I never worked in office. So it's something that I figured I knew a lot about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, a real kind of passion of yours to actually just get out there and do it. Yeah, it's really, it's really all I've ever known. Um, so that's kind of, so it didn't really spark until, um, 
at that time I was kind of transitioning in from freelancing to mentoring. Um, I first started with how to become a digital nomad, but then I realized that was a little bit too broad. So I went more specifically into how to become a successful freelancer. I started mentoring about that. And it was discovery call after discovery call that I found that there were so many people that needed different things. Um, so they, people were asking me about visa requirements to go to Dubai and get their company to um, switch to remote for them. And so they could travel to Dubai with their two kids and yeah. me just being a freelancer, I was like, I can't really help you with this, but I want to help you with this. Um, there was so many people coming to me and I had my depth of knowledge in freelancing, but I couldn't help all of them at once. So that's how the idea sparked. And that's why I created the team behind Rise Remotely. So they're, uh, the course instructors, the creators on the platform are people in the remote workspace. Um, that's where a lot of the building of the platform came into play. Um, I spent nearly a year where I scaled back my freelancing and my mentoring to really connect with these people, to build the platform itself as well. I did literally everything myself. Um, so that's also why it took a year. Um, so I used this year to connect with everybody and a lot of them came, reached out to me. I reached out to a lot of them. It was kind of 50-50. Um, and, and yeah, it's a really great, great team of instructors. Um, I've also figured the remote workspace is really small. Um, a few of them have introduced me to other instructors. A few of them have been speaking in events alongside with me and alongside with other instructors and they've had calls with each other. They know who each other are. Like it's so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. For but sure. It seems like, you know, you've got a massive smile on your face. You know, for anybody listening on the audio <laughs> podcast, you know, it seems like Christina's found her thing, which is great. You know, doing it. <laughs> You know, like we, we interview all sorts of people on the show, you know, it can be anybody who teaches coaching, yoga instructors, whatever, really, anybody who's running like a service-based business. And I think they have either fallen into it through a real passion to live that lifestyle, i.e. that's what really gets them out of bed in the morning. But also, you know, they've kind of also got some experience in that mm -hmm. kind of field, but also want to make it their lifestyle. That's pretty much sounds like it is for yourself, you know, like, I mean, as well as, you know, what, what I'm saying here is as well as obviously you running Rise Remotely, it doesn't sound like you're ever going to stop traveling the world for a certain amount of time. And I think you need to be that kind of thought leader on that part. You know, I, 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 are you planning on being a digital nomad for a long time now? Um, well, I, we've been, my boyfriend and I have been trying to settle down in Spain for the last three years and it hasn't really been working. Um, so by nature, both of us, yeah, we're really free spirited. We really love, love travel and everything. Um, but it is kind of interesting how now the pandemic and not being able to travel so easily has kind of put me put things into perspective and I do want to settle down you know plant some roots um but of course you know I'm not going to go years without traveling I still think <laughs> it's super important yeah, yeah. to travel to have new experiences everything like that I think that's the beauty of how you can maybe evolve this company as well you know like yeah by the way everybody we're not doing some brainstorming session now do you mean but you know it's almost like how you know even if you do become say rooted that you can then go off and take mini vacations or mini holidays or working vacations as well you know like myself I'll put it in my perspective you know with my wife and kids you know what I mean it's kind of looking like you know in the summer holidays there is five to six weeks where we actually have flexibility and we would be very keen on finding out how easy it would be to you know decamp to somewhere else in the world 
if we could work mm. remotely and kind of do that because you have these opportunities, you know, you don't want to be around. So I can kind of see where you can be, you know, like maybe having to be constantly on the road, but actually mm-hmm. you are able to kind of build out more lifestyle packages as well and say, this is what you could do here or have an alternative Christmas vacation, you know, like working vacation or whatever, you know, the world is a big place, I guess. And it's not all, you know, everybody has different festivals and festivities and cultures and uh, weather and stuff like, you know, so you can kind of travel the world really and follow the sun. Exactly. It's true. And even I've seen a lot of people um, do it with their kids as well. And it's, it's really interesting. Like you can, you know, convert a van and, and go, go that way. You can, like you were saying, kind of have a have a base and then do more st- staycations that are a little bit more in the terms of slow traveling, because there really is no rules with remote work where you need to be generally, unless, of course, you have a different setup and <laughs> your company requires you to be in the US or something like that. But um, but yeah, so there, there's really so many options. That is the dream. Uh, and I think actually, you know, like, I don't think I probably know the, the answer to this, you know, which I was going to ask, you know, why has remote working got so popular over the last few years? Um, but I mean, it, it seems almost like we live in this kind of world now where, you know, we've got amazing Wi-Fi, you know, like we have you know communities, like you said, have grown up to support. There is software available for if people obviously need to start a website easily or whatever. You don't feel like you're kind of tied. But do you think it's obviously going to really, I mean, do you think you're at the zeitgeist here? Do you think it's really going to blow up in terms of post-pandemic? Do you think we're going to see people say, I've been so stuck here staring at the same four walls forever that I'm on the way? Or, you know, like, I'm interested to know where you think the trends are going to go with, with obviously remote working. Yeah, I think that is going to continue to grow. I think that education for how to transition to remote, how to work better remotely is going to be really a crucial thing that people need um, because remote work is great, but remote work that's not implemented properly can be worse almost. Um, you know, like it's if you are taking the what you were using in the office and traditionally and those things weren't working and you bring it remote and you create more stress on your employees or, you know, you are a freelancer and you're trying to manage different time zones, whatever, like things can get really messy if it's not implemented properly. But with that aside, overall, I definitely think that it's going to continue to grow. Um, I actually saw an article today. um, I think it was a poll on Instagram or something like that, um, but it was with Bloomberg and uh, Bloomberg posted it and it was saying that people would rather quit (laughs) than go back to the office. So people actually quit their jobs when they said that they had to go back to the office. So the people who hadn't had a chance to work remotely, ever before. Even my mom, she actually had a lot of office politics in her job when she was working. Um, and then she, her company went remote forever. And she's so happy. And she's like, I can just stay home and what are my plans and like not have to deal with office politics. So she actually, she never hated her job. She just didn't like going into the office. So yeah. there's a lot of things like that. And I think a lot of people are realizing they at least got the opportunity to test remote work and then compare to what a nine to five is. And I think a lot of people are going to say, you know what, remote work makes a lot more sense. Let's stick with it. And it's going to continue to grow. It does. And I mean, there are many kind of like knock on benefits as well, you know, like not only from a personal human being, like the kind of commuting, like you said, 
office politics, having to be in one location, having to take a fixed lunch break or whatever, you know, having that mm-hmm. kind of flexibility. I guess even for the environment, it's a good thing, you know. I mean, I guess the, yeah. you know, I mean, you don't have to take as many trains or cars or whatever. I guess the flip side is if we all become digital nomads and we're flying massive planes across the world to go and work in like Bangkok or wherever. But do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I think yeah. there has got to be knock on and benefits to actually, you know, like the, the the move to home. As long as we, I think, get the balance right in terms of not constantly being on as well. Yeah, I think also with that is going to be the rise of slow travel as well. Um, it's already happened naturally for me as a digital nomad um, for over, over six years. I naturally gravitated then towards slow travel because I was just realistically tired of like going on bus, on plane, on train, like constantly, it was too much. Um, so instead of, you know, planning to go one month here, one month there, although, I am kind of contradicting myself because I have been doing more fast travel in the last couple of months. Um, but but generally, I prefer to, you know, stay somewhere for two, three, three months and really kind of just soak up that place, create your experiences there. Um, and then you kind of connect a little bit more with that place as well. The locals there, um, people that you meet there. And I think that's that's also going to take off as well. Yeah, brilliant. Right, I'm going to quickly get some URL domain kind of safe for that. <laughs> it's like slow <laughs> travel times remote or something like that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's thing. And beyond potentially the fact that, you know, whether you say you're a, an office worker working the remote life or whether you're a digital nomad running your own gig, do you think there are, are many downsides to, say, being a digital nomad? Um, you know, like obviously we just mentioned kind of always feeling like you're being on, you know, like the maybe mm-hmm. I've got to reply to that Slack message or WhatsApp or, you know, you've got to fit in. But do you see many downsides from your experience? I mean, I guess, is that maybe some of the stuff your courses maybe help solve? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm co-creating a course right now. Um, it's going to be ready in the next few months with um, another uh, mentor on the, on the platform. And we have actually the last chapter kind of dedicated to, it is about um, aligning your passions with your business goals, whether you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur. And so we take you through a lot, a lot of content about marketing, about uh, like finding your whys, finding your, your business idea and actually establishing a brand around it. And the last, the last chapter is all about um, kind of taking all of that and using it for a digital nomad lifestyle. And so I get very real in it and I talk about all of the the hardships I encountered. Um, I found that, you know, for example, um, building a community is definitely something that I would advise any new digital nomads to really kind of take that into consideration because I was backpacking, like traveling, going here and there, all over. Um, I made a lot of friends, but not as many that I can, you know, really call close friends now and really just even if, if like, I do have close friends, they're all over, <laughs> they're all over the world. So it's very hard to see them regularly. So things like that, finding kind of a sense of community, but with, um, there's so many new co-living opportunities and uh, digital nomad kind of retreats and experiences nowadays, um, that's really taking off. We're collaborating with a lot of cool brands that are offering those as well. So that's kind of a great fix to something that I felt in the past seven years was a little bit shy. There wasn't that many opportunities. Um, And then 
in the past few years has definitely been growing and growing and and that's and that's a great fix to, to that problem um but yeah there's definitely a, a few a few things like you do have to be very organized um sometimes especially if you're an entrepreneur online you really have to <laughs> have a lot of tenacity you really have to be like okay i am going to do this by just sitting here on my laptop um so yeah it's definitely not easy but it's not like i think the benefits outweigh the, the cons for sure yeah amazing and obviously you'd say that as well you know but uh but you know like you know in terms of the lifestyle you've been living you know you've really lived through that as well I and mean, it's interesting I, I lived out in India about gosh about 12 years ago now and you know my my girlfriend at the time is now my wife we were traveling around the country and mm-hmm. uh we were there for about six months and you know there didn't seem to be like this kind of community network which I believe there is now you know, like when we would go from town to town, it would be random people you would bump into and maybe have a beer with or something. But it wasn't didn't tend to be any community hubs or whatever. Whereas that does seem to be the way things are going now. The world has definitely become a smaller place. So, you know, you can yeah. kind of feel that sense of belonging wherever you go. And, you know, I guess you'll bump into people doing the same kind of route as well. Um, I'm really interested to ask about your background. I mean, you know, do you come from an entrepreneurial you know, family yourself, you know, like, you know, I'm interested to know, like, I know you've always done freelancing. I think you said you've done that for about seven years now and you've been again mm-hmm. able to build that into your lifestyle. But, you know, like, have you got like a family of entrepreneurs or, or what maybe gave the entrepreneurial book to say, I'm going to do Rise Remotely? Um, so my dad is an entrepreneur. Um, he, <laughs> in a completely di- different niche, um, <laughs> he started a company for, building controls and analytics, but it started at like HVAC installation and then it progressed into um, more like control wiring, 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 sorry, and installation. And um, it's, they do a lot of like building automation. So it's it's hard for me to even describe because it's it's really technical. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so obviously completely different than marketing. Um, But yeah, he he is an entrepreneur. He built that um, essentially from the ground up. Um, So it was always great to have that that figure in my life, um, that inspiration, definitely. Um, and then I always, even when I was in high school, um, I was part of a business club called DECA. And um, you basically went in, um, dressed up in, in business formal attire and you presented a business um, in front of judges in a mock role play. And then you were graded and then wow. you could go to a conference in the US and then compete again for that. Um, so I was in that in high school as well. Um, so, and then by the time I got to university, I knew I wanted to go into marketing. So it kind of snowballed from there, but but yeah, definitely um, it was it was always great to have my dad. To, to kind of give me some business advice. For yeah, sure. that's really good. And I guess that's kind of, you know, almost like this self-actualization now of you starting this business has happened because like you said, it seems like you followed on that kind of trail that maybe one day you would always have your own business as well. Beyond obviously your family, um, you know, do you have any other kind of strong support network in terms of, you know, like have you, I know obviously you said on a, on a, on a remote level you have and you've met people but you know have you mm-hmm. actively pursued building a strong network of different people who can help support this business get off the ground you know i'm talking like you know accountants public speaking people who've been there and done it before and i'm interested to know what, what your support network is like 
Um, yeah, it's actually, I'm needing to grow it for sure. Um, I did have a mentor, um, but she got pregnant. So at the moment she's, um, we're not, we're not working together. Um, yeah, exactly. But, um, I'm actually actively looking for a new one because I think it's always super important, especially if you're doing mentoring to have your own. Um, but yeah, it's also something that I wish I got into a little bit earlier. Um, I have some friends that are also entrepreneurs that are also kind of, I have some friends, like one of my good friends, also a digital marketing freelancer. So we have really great conversations and sometimes butt heads about strategies, but for the most part, it's good. Um, but um, my boyfriend also, um, we've been dating for like six years now. So he's also, he's an osteopath, but he's putting all of his, he's put all of his courses online and started selling them. So he's also an entrepreneur as well. So having a few people close to me really helped, but I do think that it's important to really address that as soon as yeah. you kind of get into entrepreneurship, because I feel like it wouldn't have taken me a year, maybe if I had a little bit more support as well um, to launch Rise Remotely. And I'm realizing the super important value of it as well now. Brilliant. That sounds really cool. And again, I always ask this question because, you know, quite a few people, again, like yourself, have said, I am working on it but I didn't have it maybe first. Or some people have said, yeah, you know, I've gone from having a similar job to doing this myself, but I've got the network from that as well. But I think the most important thing is having that support network is so strong and also having those people you can, you know, tap into whenever you need to as well for a bit of advice, support, just to kind of keep you grounded as well. Because, you know, running a business, no matter what it is, is hard work, you know, and again, you know, you, you, you need yeah. to kind of have that support as well on the journey. Very cool. And it sounds like an amazing business opportunity. It sounds like you've got some amazing potential customers out there in the world. But this is the kind of section on the show where I now kind of like dig a bit deeper in terms of maybe some of your top tips around your industry as well. So, you know, I'm thinking for a lot of people, you know, they could become a digital nomad once this pandemic ends. But I was interested if you could maybe give me some tips, like say, let's just put myself out here now. I want to go and run my business somewhere else in the world, you know, could be anywhere. Mm -hmm. How long do you think I should be planning before I go? You know, like any kind of tips or anything, you know, like that I should probably get right before I go. You know, I'm not planning on selling the house or renting it out tomorrow, but you know, like what, what would be the kind of optimum time, would you say, to get yourself sorted? You know, like how much planning should be done about where you're going? Those sorts of things, really, if I was starting from zero, but, but knew that I wanted to become a digital nomad. Um, yeah, so definitely the kind of, I guess, hardest part of our sales is also understanding where people are in that transition, because a lot of people, it's, it's completely unique to any person, um, yeah. depends how much, how financially secure they are, um, have they been working in nine to five for a long time, are they just coming out of university and have student loans, um, so it really depends, um, but definitely, of course, if you're kind of in a financially good place to know that you can support yourself you don't have to have a ton of savings but just know that obviously you have to have that kind of I like that realistic view of okay I'm going to be spending this much money generally and I have this much saved and I if you let's say are starting to become a freelancer you can expect maybe in the first few months that maybe you won't make any money, but you'll be putting in the hours to work on your personal brand, to find clients, to possibly work for free or a very small wage to gain experience if you're just starting out. So having that kind of realistic um, 
like viewpoint on, on your money is really important because then you don't have this forever ongoing pressure of, oh, I need to make money. I need to make money. Because ironically, sometimes that actually like stops you from making money because you're so fixated on it. So as long as you're comfortable and you can go into that. Um, so it depends obviously per person, but you know, you can, you can start out and maybe get your first client within a few months. And then some people, maybe it will be a year. Um, it really depends for me. Um, I had gone on a trip with some people seven years ago before digital nomadism kind of blew up um, (laughs) and they were all digital nomads. Um, So I came back and I was still in university and I really wanted to become a digital nomad. And so I actually was applying to all these jobs. Um, I had no experience really. um, And I got a, a job offer shortly after that trip because I was like really trying to apply to so many jobs. And at this time you did, it was like next to impossible to find a remote job posting even like it was it it wasn't remote job boards and everything um so yeah um but for me it happened really quickly so I got this I got this uh job and of course I agreed to take a lower wage because I didn't have that much experience um and then it ended up being a client that I kept for four years and of course my wage rent went up and I grew their brand and they trained me and then I was learning so much that I was also then really helping them almost like a consultant so it it really as soon as you get kind of your first client or you get like your first sale or if you're an online entrepreneur you you know you put your website out you start getting the leads in um as soon as you kind of start getting that traction it can go really really fast but of course you always have to account at least a few months if you're making the transition to to know that maybe you're going to be working and not getting paid but I think it really goes with your mindset too. If you're okay with that and you're not putting pressure on yourself and you think it's all part of the journey. Okay. This is, this is okay with me. I'm financially secure. I'm mentally secure. I'm not putting this crazy pressure. Then, then it generally goes a little bit faster. I would so, say. So maybe give yourself three to four months of savings if you can do maybe to, to get yourself going once you're actually mm-hmm. out somewhere. And I guess maybe you could do some of this, you know, preparation work before you were to leave. You know, you could maybe find a client or build a website or start a social account or something like that. Yeah, generally, generally I suggest people to do as much as they can while maybe they're still working their nine to five um, and kind of if they can. Sometimes I've, I've worked with people that have been work to their nine to five full time and then scale down to part time and still at the same time were naturally building everything and then they were really happy then in in a comfortable position to kind of then just let go of their nine to five job and transition naturally into freelancing so um yeah I think it will be a little bit of an uncertainty in you know the first few months the first six months let's say but if you look at the big picture you know what is six months compared to your whole life and you know being able to drastically change your life in that amount of time is actually not long at all um because then if you're set up as a freelancer or have your own business or a remote worker then you have your whole life ahead of you to be able to be remote and it's it's amazing so of course that sounds amazing and also you know i can again feel your passion coming through for this lifestyle <laughs> which is great um Boring question for you, but you know, like in terms of you know logistics, like you know, taxes, stuff like that. You know, like when you're on the road, you know, like uh, how do you handle these sorts of things? I mean, are you 
Is it depending on how much time you spend in each country or, you know, like, like where you're paying your taxes or I'm just interested to know how, like, you know, any legal or accounting stuff kind of catches up with you. Like, you know, well, I guess you have to register your business somewhere as well, maybe to start off with. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I'm all registered in Canada. So I pay my taxes through the Canadian government um, and everything. But yeah, I'm always keeping track of everything. And generally, I'm not, I'm in countries as a tourist. So generally, taxes don't apply. <laughs> And is that what you actually do is literally, you know, and again, you know, don't worry, they're like FBI listening or anything like this. Yeah, well, so, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a tax specialist, so I can't give you the best yeah, advice yeah. for that. No, um, I'm just interested in how that works. You know, we had someone who actually Digital Nomad, who was on the show about 12 episodes ago. You know, he runs a property development business, but he's actually able to do that while living on a boat in Spain and traveling mm-hmm. around the coast. But again, he's like, well, we can only spend some time in this country and some time in this country because he's like you know working but he's also a tourist as well at the same time so I guess there's quite a lot of overlap it's like you're not like actually going there and becoming a citizen or getting a visa you're doing kind of like what you need to do and working up against the amount of time you're allowed to spend there as well exactly yeah and I think that's also why there's a huge increase now in digital nomad visas for different countries because it was kind of especially when I was starting out, like I couldn't really understand taxes because I was getting paid in from a client in Israel and I was in Spain and I was registered in Canada. So I was like, how do I even put these together? <laughs> so it was, it was actually super confusing. Um, and I was a little bit lost, but now actually we have a, a tax specialist on the platform. Um, and she is a great resource. Um, the content she puts out, the courses that she has, it's like a godsend. Yeah. So um, yeah, definitely there's a lot of resources out there for that now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm registered in Canada and also just naturally um, because I was kind of not living the same lifestyle as everybody else. A lot of people would ask me, you know, is it expensive traveling around and going on flights all the time and staying in Airbnbs and everything? So I was personally just curious and also just out of best practices. Um, so I would always be doing writing out all my expenses and everything. Um, so that also helped as well. And then once you are registered, you know, you can write some stuff off and everything. So I think just if you're unsure, being as organized as you can and keeping track of, you know, what goes in, what goes out, everything like that is super important. Um, I guess and then good, going, no, I was just saying a good thing, I guess, you know, like as you've unlocked this over the last seven years, it's almost like you uncover a problem. You can't find an easy way to solve somewhere. So this is why you either write an article or build a course for it or something, because, you know, if you're having that issue, there might be a hundred people or a thousand people or 10,000 people out there trying to find the same information as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, as long as you have, you know, an idea of all, everything that, you know, you made and who you made it from and everything, then if you're unsure, definitely, I suggest going to a specialist. Um, also, there's so many options about where to register your business, like how to take advantage of different tax systems, things like that. Um, and, you know, like a lot of people are registering their businesses in places that they're not residing in now and stuff. So there's like yeah. an insane amount of options. What you so can I do. believe, I believe Lithuania, I think, is quite popular at the moment for digital nomads. I think, you know, Estonia as well, I think, in terms of some of the tech things being in the EU as well. So. Yeah, it's a whole new mm-hmm. world and an exciting one. <laughs> now, 
it's a serious business. We're all obviously doing work on the road. You know, we're doing that. But obviously, sometimes there can be some temptations when you're out there. You know, I'm expecting maybe, you know, you're in Athens now. You'll be going for some amazing Greek food later. You know, when you're in Spain, you'll be wanting to go to tapas bars in the sun or whatever. But, you know, like, how do you stay balanced when you're actually working on the road? Like, you know, not to let the almost like feeling like you're on holiday take, you know, like, take control you know like I guess there's some people you see on the road who maybe aren't fully maybe committed to it whereas some people mm-hmm. are able to work you know have you got any tips for how to build a structure so as you're actually able to work well on a daily basis as well yeah definitely so I think um obviously sometimes as a freelancer you'll have really high volumes of work and then low volumes as an entrepreneur as well and maybe as a remote worker as well, um, whatever. So you have your um, your set number of hours that you wanna work. So if you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur, you obviously have to make lists yourself or obviously your clients, how much, if you're, get, if you're charging per hour, um, it's kind of made for you. Yeah. But essentially having this, this number that of hours that you know you need to work. As a remote worker, obviously it's probably really set in stone, but being that I've been a freelancer and entrepreneur, for me, I had more control over that number. So um, I actually, it was almost to the point where um, a couple of years ago, I almost, like I didn't, but I almost suffered burnout. I was just really at the point, I was working 10 hour days. I was like, okay, well, this is, this is not this lifestyle. This is not what this is supposed to be. I'm overworking. This is like really on the cusp of everything. Um, So yeah, from there, I kind of was really aware of how much you, how much it is important to understand how much you're working. So first thing is like, I've been doing this for the last seven years um, is I always track all my time. So even this podcast right now, I'm tracking it as time um, that I'm dedicating to work. Um, So having this set number. So I I right now have six hours generally that I work a day, um, which is seems like not your average eight hour work week, but when you're working remotely and when you're, like actually focused on the work that you're doing and not getting distracted by Instagram, this and that. And, you know, I, I sometimes tap out after six hours, but then of course, some days I'll work like nine hours, 10 hours because I'm really in the zone and I'm really like, okay, I, I wanna be working this. Um, but just having that, that number of hours, um, it's super important because then you don't feel bad about taking the time off. You actually feel good because you know that you worked X amount of hours this week or, Sometimes if, you know, you are a little bit less busy and you are in a new place and you want to travel, you want to explore, um, I would suggest for me, like, I was really happy with always having at least three hours in the morning of work and, like, really focused work. And then if I'm with family or something, maybe I won't be working those six hours every day because I value spending time more with my family. So, and then I would be like, at least I get those three hours, even if I have to wake up at four, like 5 a.m., you know, at least I get those three hours kind of thing, because then I'm a lot more relaxed because I'm not preoccupied with thinking about work. So kind of finding that number that works for you, tracking your time, and then knowing that if you worked X amount of hours per week, then you really deserve to, to take that time off. And then you don't have to be preoccupied about work and being like, oh no, did I do this? Did, did I do that? Um, it, it really helps nice way. It's a nice balance there. And I like what you said about maybe doing a few hours in the work uh, in the morning first, just to 
get that time locked in when you've got that focus so then maybe you can enjoy parts the rest of your day or you can work later at mm-hmm. night or have the afternoon or you know, that flexibility but like you said you've got to hold yourself to account that you've done the work and done the hours uh because exactly. at the end of the day you know you need to be doing a high quality job but also make sure that you can still keep sustaining this lifestyle as well mm-hmm. i'm interested because um final question before we go on to a rapid fire round which, <laughs> which is good but you know clearly digital nomad working remotely it's getting easier now worldwide to do it from wherever but are there any cities worldwide which you say are like really set up for digital nomads to, to you know to start off with are there other places where there's hubs there's other places which for economic reasons they're better there are reasons for social reasons that they're better. I'm just interested to know, like, if there was maybe four or five great places in the world I could go to work remotely, you know, where would you say would be, like, hotspots that I should maybe check out? Yeah, um, it obviously depends on what you're looking for. Um, If you're looking for really kind of isolated nature, um, that's one thing. If you're looking for a city, it's a different thing. I was just recently in Medellin in Colombia. That's known as like the Mecca of digital nomads um, in Latin America. Um, And I agree, it was really great. There was networking events at the WeWork there. Um, There was countless cafes where you can pull out your laptop and it was totally normal and even encouraged. So it was great. Um, And so that was was a really great place. Um, and, And like, most places in Europe, um, I mean, some countries obviously are not actually that digital nomad friendly, like the cafes in Vienna, let's say, are not <laughs> very great get to out. work from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they'd just be saying, get out as you're there, like in some classic yeah. battery style kind of coffee. In general, <laughs> yeah, something. exactly. So so some some places aren't. Um, I mean, Spain, I, I go there often. I really enjoy it. And they have a lot of great places. Um, so I would say Spain is great because you could also be in... Um, a brand that we're collaborating with is um, Floasis, and they are kind of like an Airbnb for remote for stays for remote workers, um, co-living, co-working stays, and they have some stays in Spain as well. So um, you can be, you can go maybe to one of those and be secluded in nature, but still have the co-working atmosphere yeah. where you can then be in any kind of type of Spanish city, and there's tons of cafes as well. Um, these are just based on my experience. Um, I haven't traveled Asia that much, actually. Um, so I'm not going to say Bali because I haven't been. Yeah. And I'm, not a, I'm not a real true digital nomad if I haven't been. One no. day, one day. No. <laughs> but I think, you know, again, I hear, you know, obviously, yeah, you say like Bali, you know, the whole Indonesia area is quite hot for that. I think, I believe the Philippines is, um, mm-hmm. Thailand obviously is, you know, a big place for digital nomads, you know, in terms of those spaces. But I guess maybe as, you know, like, you know, their, their economies pick up as well probably it's less appealing you probably want to go somewhere super cheap as well like i, I use india as an example you know mm-hmm. like as wi-fi has got much better and quicker if i wanted to start a business anyway like you said if i needed three to six months of cash basically to see me going maybe going somewhere that's say much much cheaper country is a good mm-hmm. way to get started while you're building those first clients, then maybe when you've got a regular pipeline of work, then maybe you can move on. I mean, that might be a good way, you think? Yeah, definitely. And from my experience, I was kind of, I was traveling a lot of different places. So I've worked in it like very kind of unconventional spots as a digital nomad. Um, And also that was fun. It was part of the experience um, as well. Um, So 
it depends. But but yeah, I think a lot of people find value in having that kind of community again. So maybe Bali offers a lot of events and networking and stuff like that. So that's definitely a huge asset. I know that in Medellin, I experienced that and I thought that that was really cool. Um, but if you know you're kind of doing your thing and maybe you want to be in nature, then it doesn't really matter where if you know you're with your like somebody, a friend, your significant other, even if you're with like, your family, if you have kids, whatever, um, yeah. you can also find a beautiful house in nature and, and get a good remote work set up there. Um, if you're working in cafes, I prefer cafes. Well, actually, it depends. It depends on the co-workings. Like I've done a lot of co-workings too in cafes, but I used to do a lot more cafes because co-workings weren't so um, popular. In addition to that, I was never in a place where I can actually pay a monthly membership for a co-working because I would be traveling too much. Um, but yeah, so it really it really depends what you're looking for. But um, but yeah, from what what I where I've been, I mean, even even when I was in India, there were some places. Even in Morocco, there were some places. I think. You see people pulling out their laptops more and more kind of everywhere now so it's it's becoming a lot more yeah, common um, it should be and, and you know i say uh, i'm all for that as well i think it's uh, it sounds like an ideal dream lifestyle as well so sign me up <laughs> right you know, this is all amazing and we're now going into a rapid fire round where we get your top tips and you know motivations to you know like keep it all together so Feel free to give a little bit of context if you want, um, but I'm interested to know who your favorite entrepreneurs are in life um, and why. Hmm. Okay, good question. Um, in terms of kind of quick motivation, I mean, this is a pretty classic answer, but Gary Vee is like pretty high energy. He's pretty experimental. Um, I really like that part of him, um, how he's just like, try so much and kind of as an entrepreneur you have to experiment you have to put things out there um and you have to just like kind of have this attitude to just go just to do things but always be positive as well so those are like the key main things i take i take from him yep. um but also at the same time i mean kind of more of like a humble approach with maybe tim ferris let's say he's a little bit more like talks just about he has like a lot of content that he puts out about different things as well and just more like thought provoking in a sense. Um, yeah, so also, and maybe a bit more like, yeah, just like thinking about different, yeah, a lot of different, a wider range of topics in a sense. So, yeah. so yeah, a combination of those, um, they're pretty classic uh, answers, but no, that's yeah. Great. I mean, you know, they are, they, they do come up time and time again, but for a good reason, you know, because obviously, mm -hmm. you know, there is so many great, tips and resources and guests you know you can see the tim ferris books behind here on the bookshelf <laughs> you know it's uh you know there's always something you can learn and seeing from how other people have done it i think the more people you learn from and how they've done it the maybe less mistakes you'll make doing it yourself or mm -hmm. or it, or maybe not call them mistakes but again you'll learn about how to do things in a different way really or ways to cope on a daily basis or you know like knowing that there isn't a route to success on day one. It might take you a hundred days to get that first sale, but it is going to come at some point if you put the work in as well. Exactly. Um, this could be anybody from the world of business or outside, but who is your most inspiring person in life and why? Um, I mean, it depends. Um, I think something that really changed my life was reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Um, so 
that inspired me to live my life completely different. So that was something in that that book is about kind of spirituality and it, it's not about business at all. It's about, no, no, that's cool. I mean, look, you know, we mentioned these books because there's all sorts come up in this. So, yeah, whatever you think is great. Yeah, but that was definitely maybe one of the most life changing books that I read. Um, maybe it was a time that I read it in my life and everything, but that definitely just changed my whole view of everything. So personally, that would be something that, that had inspired me to live differently um, and view, view the world differently. Brilliant. And in terms of you know, business books and online resources, you know, like obviously you said it's been a year long journey to get to where Rise Remotely is, you know, starting to take off. Were, were there many books, like specific books that you really referred to or websites or anything that you went, wow, this is pure gold, you know, that might be translatable to other industries or other people who really want to start their own thing? Mm -hmm. um, at that point, when I was kind of building Rise Remotely, it was a little bit more busy than when I launched. I feel like when I launched it, like it was still obviously busy and leads were coming in then. And it was like, but I was prepared to deal with it. It was more stressful, like being in that uncertain stage, being like, is this going to be a business? Am I going to be able to launch this? Am I going to be able to build a team? So in that moment, it was more stressful. And I, I actually wish I had access to a lot more books, but I was in Ecuador and Amazon doesn't ship to Ecuador. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like very careful about my screen time. So I didn't want to read anything on the screen. And yeah. so I was, I was like, I was like searching for books, posting in Facebook groups, everything, but I couldn't find that much. But at that point also, I was kind of just like, you know, if I can just do my my yoga flow and do some meditation, that was that was enough for me because I, I was like so busy with actually doing the work with everything. But in terms of kind of business resources, um, I don't search Google for how to do something, how to, I don't know, like um, do anything in like digital marketing or whatever, like for learning new, new things. I don't search Google anymore. I search, it's a Google Chrome plugin called Zest. Okay. Um, and it's just curated articles, mainly based on digital marketing, but also now they're expanding into like remote work, into other kind of um, interesting topics as well. Um, and there you just get, you know, that is better quality. So you're not wasting time on Google going through like blogs that have great SEO, but maybe really basic content. Um, so, so yeah, that's a really good resource that I liked for understanding, kind of learning more about how to do how to do things mainly in digital marketing and also learning just things about remote work the industry because it's changing so much so you have to really keep on top of it as well well that's great because you know zest hasn't come up as one of the recommendations and you know all of this goes into our entrepreneur library of recommendations so this is really helpful um we're not one to look back on the go solo show but you know like if there was something which maybe you could do differently when you spent this last year building you know and doing everything like you know what what would you do differently again if you just gone oh actually maybe I went down a rabbit hole to do that or it took too much time or I just wish it hadn't you know I hadn't done that well what would one mm -hmm. thing you would maybe do differently I think I did literally everything myself I built the platform I sent out all the contracts I created the contracts I, I sourced the team I onboarded the team I did the social media like I did literally everything which was my biggest downfall but also I wanted like because it was my brand I wanted to have control over everything and 
I just didn't really have the time to look for a co-founder or <laughs> anything like that. And I didn't know really, yeah, I was like, I wanted to kind of establish the company a little bit more before I went down that route anyways. Um, so it was definitely a good thing that, you know, I, I felt really good being in control of everything, being able to have um, this ideation. And if I had an idea for the company, like the community for Rise Remotely, for example, I could execute it fast and, and do it the way that I wanted to. And that was great. But it was also a downfall because I was like spending so much time, you know, reading contracts. I signed contracts with different names on it by accident because I would just like was doing so much. Um, so that was definitely a big downfall. Um, so I think executing and like delegating the small the small tasks that you don't want to do. Um, that's definitely important. Um, I also was 100% bootstrapped, um, like creating this as well. So that was that was something that was holding me back. And then I got like a small amount of funding now. So that also gives me a little bit more room to, to delegate different tasks to people. So now exactly. I can focus and on is that actually funding, equity funding or is it a business loan or it's it's a it's a loan from family and friends. So yeah. okay. well, first, first stage is very small and then and then oh. hopefully uh, growing more. Hopefully it gives you the uh, you know rocket power you need to take it where it needs to go to as well. Um, mm -hmm. where do you source most of your leads from now? You know, you don't, you don't need to give me a full digital marketing plan, but I'm just interested in terms of, you know, for people who are interested in, you know, rise remotely or whatever, where, where do you actually attract these people? You know, what's the best funnel for you? So, um, our Instagram is actually very small being that I haven't, I've been in the last four months trying to hire somebody good, but being that I'm a social media manager myself, it's very difficult. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's it also just super time consuming to hire somebody. But we have a lot of um, a lot of leads kind of coming from Instagram, a lot of um, brand collaborations also that um, I've set up as well. So I'm on other companies' websites and affiliate programs. So like they have affiliate codes um, for Rise Remotely. So that brings in some leads as well. Um, right now we're all set up for really organic marketing um, because yeah, at a later stage, I'm definitely gonna go into paid, but that's something that also just based on the fact that we have freedom in our website and everything, sometimes Facebook doesn't like that. So now we have to depend on Google and everything. So yeah, so um, mainly it's, I wanted to really get a strong organic um, marketing strategy going first because that's also how you build thought leadership that's also how you really build a great identity for your brand um, so we're really focused on that at the moment um, but yeah even through Instagram is our main channel of social it's very small right now but we actually get a surprising amount of leads from it being that it's so small um, I guess they're quite highly qualified leads if you if they're you know if they're very relevant they know exactly what you do from Instagram on your website if they come through that way as well yeah, so they generally come from Instagram or or maybe um, a referral from a different website um, that we have affiliate with, and then they would sign up generally for a freebie um, or, or yeah, they'd sign up for a freebie, and then from there um, they would either book a call or sometimes they just come and book a call directly. Um, maybe also there's been some people have told me there's been some things with podcasts. I've done quite a few podcasts and yeah. kind of. Um, cross-promotion interviews and 
uh, guest writing, things like that. So like I said, super, super organic strategies. <laughs> I mean, I think as well, you know, you say affiliate referral schemes, you know, they're one of the best ways for organic growth as well. You know, what, do you use a specific affiliate program or a Zap or something like what, what kind of thing do you do to be able to put a customized affiliate scheme together? So as you can, like you said, plug into other websites. Yeah, um, so at the moment we're very, very basic um, using using coupon codes, um, but yeah, that's something that I would like to expand more a little bit um, once we get that up and running a bit more, um, but it wasn't my biggest priority because, you know, I found something that, that worked, so yeah. I said, okay, let's do this and actually just build the affiliate list, and then once that's bringing in a decent amount of money, then we go and actually really fine tune it and make it make it working really well but um yeah for the moment it's a basic one <laughs> excellent and you mentioned work life well obviously you mentioned yoga and meditation you know is there any other stuff that you put in to have a strong work-life balance you know it seems like you've kind of got it right with your six hours your nine hours you're traveling the world but like like how do you respond to to stress or whatever are there things which you have had every day that really do help support your well being a founder yeah, I think having, you know, a friend group is super important and just having a few friends that will always say that they're proud of you and that, you know, you're doing well, like that actually goes a long way um, when you're in your low points. That's that's really nice to hear. Um, being, uh, yeah, having, you know, I, I prefer yoga, meditation or even going on a walk in nature or um, getting out in nature, going hiking, going surfing, if I'm somewhere where I can go surfing, just yeah. any kind of one of my hobbies, those are my hobbies, but having having something there that you can go, go back to, um, possibly a practice, if it could be cooking, I also really enjoy cooking, you know, like sometimes if I'm like really stressed, I'll just make a bunch of like, I'll bake a bunch of like healthy, healthy sweets and stuff and just <laughs> yeah. be like, this feels I'm good. This is what totally I'm doing unrelated now. to work as well. Yeah, exactly. So just having, having a few options of things that you can do that just take your mind off things um, that, you know, you, that remind you that life is still life. It's not all revolved around your business. Um, you know, you, you, if you can't take some time off and cook something or go for a walk without thinking of your business, then there's actually a red flag. So yeah. you need to address that. So being able to really separate that mentally is, is important. And, you know, it can be like the smallest little things, like I said, like baking, you know, but it, having, having those things really helps as well. Um, but what I go through with all of my, my clients, um, in mentoring is, you know, really being able to structure your time and having those hours and having those to-do lists and everything. So once you have all of that as well, generally you free up time naturally, but sometimes, you know, you're really stressed and that's when those, those hobbies and that's when those, that support group really comes in. Brilliant. And in terms of, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, what do you think success ultimately means to you as a person? I think that it means, you know, waking up every day and having a day that you enjoy, <laughs> um, being able to be around people that you enjoy, doing things that you enjoy. Um, it's not monetary for me, but of course, mon like money plays a role because it makes you comfortable. It makes you be able to have you know, a, a nice, a nice place where you can see the ocean or something like that, whatever. But, but yeah, just day to day, if you're enjoying every day that I think is successful. 
Brilliant. And to be quite honest, that's the most important thing. Plus to do sign me up for the sea view as well, the ocean view. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That that does sound like where I need to be right now. Um <laughs> for those people out there who are maybe, you know, thinking of taking the plunge to set up a business or become a digital nomad or whatever, you know, what advice would you give to them? I think that right now is even if you are still in your job and you feel like it's hard to exit or um, you don't think that traveling is going to go back to normal, whatever, there's maybe a lot of uncertainties right now because of the pandemic or just in general because of where you are being um, taking this time and making your ideal future, planning out your ideal future, like thinking and feeling what it's going to be like and going to sleep every night and having that in your head and then slowly putting together reasons why it can work for you. So you have this like set up digital nomad lifestyle in your head and thinking, okay, why, why is this going to work with me for me? Okay. I'm taking the first step doing this. I'm taking now another step doing this. I'm taking another step. And then you're going to start making the moves and also fully convincing yourself that it's real. And then sooner or later you'll have it. <laughs> Brilliant. Sounds good to me. And say I bump into you in a few years time, um, you know, hopefully I'll see you somewhere else on the digital nomad <laughs> trail. You know, what, where would be your vision in three or four years time about where you want to take the business? No. I definitely, yeah, I would love to to grow it um, to the point where we are helping a lot of people transition. Um, I think that, yeah, for me, the biggest motivation is that I already filled my cup up with these amazing experiences, what this location independent lifestyle gave me. So I want to help as many people as I can do the same. So yeah. being able to have a big customer base, of course, and having that that extra kind of like room to then even give back. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of like good social causes as well, being able to do that, being able just to like, yeah, have have a have enough of growth um, so we can we can really focus on on good values. Amazing. Sounds good to me. Right. Final question for you, Christina, you'd be pleased to know is where can everybody get in touch with you? You know, where do you want to point people to your social, your website? You know, where, where can people find you online? Um, so, yeah, if you are interested in Rise Remotely, um, the website is riseremotely.com. All of our social is Rise Remotely. Um, it's, I made it easy for you. My personal website, if you are interested in freelancing um, in one-on-one mentoring, is christinavoll.com. Yeah. And uh, my Instagram is ChristinaWallXO. <laughs> I'm going to change that at one point. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what it is now. Um, and and yeah, that's basically where you can get in touch with me. Brilliant. Well, we're going to link to these as well on our YouTube channel as well. And again, you know, this will be going out in one of our newsletters. So uh, very, very exciting. And I'm sure obviously be very popular with everybody who, who listens <laughs> and watches the Go Solo show as well. That just leaves me today, Christina from Rise Remotely. I just want to say thanks for joining us on the Go Solo show today. Uh, many, you know, great wishes and returns for obviously, you know, future business success. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Cheers. Take care. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks a lot. Take care. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. See you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Go Solo show powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.